Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. I'm Balaam Usitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we'll focus on passages and destinations. And in other episodes, we'll talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them to be a guest on the show. But what makes this podcast a little bit unusual is that only one of us sails. And that would be me, Bela. I've been sailing for over 30 years, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the east coast of the United States. And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. I don't really even know the difference between a rope and a line, in all honesty. So it works the best if I ask most of the questions and then Bela gives most of the answers. Hey, Mike, I've really missed you the last three episodes. I did two solo interviews, one with Carter Yepsen back in episode 28, and then in episode 29 with the father and son team of Simon and Sawyer Ballant. And then in ep- then the last episode, I was also solo, and I discussed some of the things going on with the boat and my shower drain pump woes. So it's nice to have you back, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I heard all three of those, Balan. It was great, and I, I'm, I'm happy to see you. I missed you, too, but I'm really, uh, I'm really on the edge of my seat here to fi- hear how, what happened with the shower drain pump. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to report that I solved my shower uh, drain pump woes. Uh, I installed the new part uh, when I was at the boat last week, and it works great. Uh, the shower is back functioning. Uh, it no longer floods the floor. Uh, so that's all wonderful. You know, it's amazing how much longer things take on a boat. It's something that I really didn't uh, estimate very well. Uh, things typically take, you know, an hour to fix at home will take me two to four hours, if not longer, on the boat. But why is that, Bella? I mean, things are smaller. To me, it should like it should take less time and it should be easier. What's the story? Yeah, you would you would think so. Well, first of all, you know, I'm pretty handy. I know how stuff works in a house. I've owned houses for 40 plus years. Uh, and the boats I've had have not been as complex as this one in the past. Uh, but, but stuff works differently on a boat than in a house. Remember a couple episodes we were talking about the PEX tubing plumbing challenge I had, right? Mm-hmm. In a house, the PEX tubing is a half inch. And I said, I saw PEX tubing on the boat. I said, oh, this is great. I know how to fix this stuff. Well, au contraire, on a boat, it's not half inch. It's 15 millimeter. It looks and feels the same to the naked eye, but it's not interchangeable. And the fittings are different, you know, and toilets at home flush using gravity. Well, on a boat, it's an electric pump. <laughs> so it's a little more complex. Uh, you know, my, and my, I had a, a toilet on my old boat, but it was a porta potty. That one basically flushed using gravity. Another key part of this is access. You know, on a boat, space is a premium. So they tend to utilize every nook and cranny. And the space that's easily accessible, uh, like floor panels, you know, on my boat, a lot of floor panels can lift up and there's storage space under those. Uh, Seats can be lifted up and and you can put provisions under there or store tools under there. So the, the, the accessible spaces are sort of used for storage uh, and then they take the less accessible spaces, uh, and that's where they put all these pumps and equipment and all that kind of stuff, because hopefully you don't have to access them very often. But when you do, man, they're hard to get to. And I'll tell you, Mike, 
Uh, I cannot contort my 67-year-old body like I used to be able to. Uh, so that's always a challenge, too, getting into these awkward positions. Uh, and, you know, the other thing is uh, you just can't run to Home Depot or Lowe's or some other big box store to pick up a part. It turns out that most of the things I end up needing, I have to order online. Uh, so that adds to sort of the time element as well. Uh, and, you know, each boat manufacturer does things a little bit different. So even though I've been on a lot of boats, I've chartered a lot of boats, I I've, I've understand how a bunch of stuff works. In principle, I understand how it works. But the subtleties are different from, you know, manufacturer to manufacturer. Interesting, Bill. It makes sense, I guess, now that you explain it that way. So it is a challenge. And I guess I would imagine over time, too, you'll learn the systems and things will get faster. You know, you're in this kind of new first year shakeout kind of period and, and uh, there's a little bit of getting used to things, I imagine. So today we're going to talk about Chesapeake City. And this sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know if I can place it. Is this on Chesapeake Bay? Well, that's a good guess. You, you would think a city with the name of Chesapeake City would be on the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, but it's actually on the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal. Um, and you might say, oh, I didn't know there was a canal that connects the Chesapeake Bay and the Delaware Bay. Well, there is. Uh, so Chesapeake City is actually a town in Maryland. Uh, you know, and it had a population of, I think, 673 in the 2010 census. So that's not a big place. And here's what's really interesting. The town was originally named by Bohemian colonist Augustine Herman, and it was called the Village of Bohemia, or, or sometimes called Bohemia Manor. Now, what do you think of that, Mike? Huh? But the name was it. changed. Yeah, but the name was changed back in 1839 after the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal was built in 1829. So this canal has been around for a long time. Built in 1829. It's called the C&D Canal for short. Uh, and it connects the Chesapeake Bay with the Delaware Bay. Um, and so I was there a couple times. Um, and what really makes this interesting is, is you have to look at a map really to understand this. But if you're coming from like New York City or Boston or Philadelphia and you want to go to Baltimore or Washington, you go through the canal because it actually makes the trip shorter than going further down the Atlantic coast and then up the uh, Chesapeake Bay, because the Chesapeake Bay almost runs north-south. Uh, you don't think of it that way, but it, but it really does. So it makes the trip several hundred miles shorter. And we all know in the 1800s and the early 1900s, you know, this country really depended upon water transportation for moving goods. And uh, so that's why all these canals were built. Uh, and, you know, Chesapeake City is located about a third of the way uh, from the Chesapeake Bay to the Delaware Bay along the canal. And it's just a little city uh, right, uh, right off the canal. Yeah, I'm looking at the map right now. It looks beautiful. So tell me about the trip a little bit, Bela. When did you go there? Yeah, so I've been there twice, actually. Uh, once when I was helping Simon and Sawyer, uh, the, the guys I interviewed for a, a recent podcast, uh, to move their boat uh, up to Newport, Rhode Island uh, from Florida. And we did that via Annapolis. So, you know, if you were going straight from Florida to Newport, you wouldn't go up to Chesapeake Bay and, and then through the canal. But if you're going, to, like I said, to Annapolis or Baltimore, 
that makes a lot of sense. And then the second time I was there uh, was when I helped a friend bring his boat from Halifax, Nova Scotia uh, down to Baltimore. So um, it's a 14-mile-long canal. uh, It's about 450 feet wide and 35 feet deep. So some pretty good-sized ships uh, can go along this canal. And for us sailors, you know, it's a great stopover point. Um, because from Annapolis or Baltimore to Chesapeake City is about a one-day sail. And it's also about a one-day sail from Cape May, New Jersey. So if you remember back on episode 14, we talked about Cape May, New Jersey. Um, And, you know, sailors go slow. Uh, You know, five miles an hour is is sort of the average speed. And uh, so it's the if you don't want to sail at night, uh, this makes it sort of hopping from uh, Cape May, you go Cape May to Chesapeake City. Then from Chesapeake City, you can get to Baltimore or Annapolis uh, in another day. So that makes that 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 pretty nice. <clears throat> and it really is uh, the only stopover point on the canal where you can anchor because the canal's like a big ditch, and so there really is no place to pull over to the side. Uh, there is one marina on the canal called Summit North Marina. It's quite nice. It's well protected. Um, there's a couple of other places that you can kind of pull over or maybe a dock you can tie up to, but they're not well protected. Uh, and what's going to happen is when any boats go by, you're going to get what's called waked or you're going to get a, you know, the boat's going to rock. And, you know, some of these tugs that are pulling barges or pushing barges or some of these other big ships, they're going to have pretty good size wakes. So it's really not a, a, a good place to anchor. Uh, but in Chesapeake City, uh, there's a nice little bay um, to anchor in. Uh, it's really well protected. Uh, there's a marina there uh, with a nice restaurant, and it's got docks. So if you want to you know, pull up to a dock and plug in electricity and get water and all that kind of stuff, you can do that. Uh, the anchorage is really nice. Uh, it'll hold about five or six boats. So it's not real large, uh, but it's totally well protected from the canal. So you're not going to get waked or anything like that. Uh, The town is an easy walking distance uh, from the Anchorage. Uh, Town's got several nice restaurants. And, you know, it's the typical small little town, you know, like I said, less than a thousand residents. There's no big box stores or restaurant chains. Uh, And so it's all local businesses. And, you know, that sort of has its own charm to it. Uh, that's really nice. and uh, But, you know, it's sort of puzzling to me because you would think that being on such a major shipping lane, it would be a larger place. Uh, but then, you know, I thought about it a little bit more and, you know, commercial st- ships don't stop. They go 24 hours a day. <laughs> uh, so they're not going to stop. Uh, and, uh, you know, so pleasure boaters stop. I think both times we were there, I think there was maybe one or two other boats in the anchorage. Uh, so it, it really wasn't, wasn't super, super busy. Interesting. So Bela, tell me about the kind of the transit through Delaware Bay. What was it like? What were the conditions like? <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me just recap a little bit of, let's say coming down from New York city. So New York city to Cape May is oftentimes for sailors an overnight trip because there, there is no real great places to stop for a sailboat. The Atlantic City is about the only one. Uh, so many people do that on an overnight trip. You stop at Cape May, 
and then you can go up the Delaware um, and go to Chesapeake City, and you can do that in, in one day. Um, ch ch the Delaware Bay does have some challenges. Um, there's very, very few anchorages. So you got to sort of time your weather. It's sort of like coming down the coast from, from uh, New York City to Cape May. There's no places to pull off. So you, you got to time your weather. You, you don't want to get caught out in the storm because there's really no place to go. Uh, the Delaware Bay's kind of similar to that. Um, there's very few anchorages. They're not well protected. There's a couple marinas, but not many of them. Um, the other thing you need to think about is the Delaware Bay has a pretty good tidal current. So when the tide's, you know, going against you, and, and it can be one, one and a half to two knots in the Delaware Bay, and if you're only doing five or six, you know, that, that can lengthen your trip or can shorten your trip pretty significantly. Um, so you have to be aware of that, and you want to time that if you can. You also have to be aware of the wind, uh, not because of sailing, but because wind and tidal current uh, sometimes don't mix very well. So if the wind is in the opposite direction to the flow of the tidal current, it can make for really rough water, uh, even in well-protected bays. Uh, and it's a, I don't understand the phenomena. I'm, I'm sure some person smarter than me can explain it. But when, when the water's flowing in one direction and the wind is blowing in the opposite, you get these big, steep waves that are really close together. And it, it makes for an ugly, an ugly trip. Uh, so it can be pretty nasty. And, you know, there's a lot of commercial traffic on, on the Delaware Bay. Uh, you know, the traffic goes up to Philadelphia or if it's going up through the canal. Um, and the same is true in Chesapeake Bay. It's got a lot of commercial traffic as, as well. And when there's that much traffic, I don't like sailing at night. I mean, I know plenty of people do and can, um, but I just, uh, I don't feel comfortable uh, out there at night uh, with all the lights around. Because the other thing is you, you can see land from many locations in the, in the Delaware Bay. So you have all the lights on land, plus you have the lights of the ships, and it, and it can make it a challenge. So I, I tend not to like to sail at night. So for me, it's sort of perfect, right? It's the perfect way. You, you come down from New York City, uh, you stop at uh, Cape May, then you hop up to Chesapeake City, get a good night's rest, and then from there you can make it to, to Baltimore or Annapolis or wherever you're heading down to Chesapeake. Interesting, Bella. Now, how does the chesapeake bay compare with the delaware bay in terms of the sailing conditions oh yeah well the chesapeake bay is is really nice uh from the perspective of it has many many anchorages if you look at a map of the chesapeake bay i, I liken it to like uh, you know a big maple tree with all the branches going off and all those branches are are little places that you can tuck in to anchor uh, you gotta worry sometimes because it's a little shallow in places uh, the other nice thing about the Chesapeake Bay is it's mud. So if you're going to hit something, it's not going to be very hard. Uh, and, and so it, it's really quite nice. There's lots and lots of anchorages. Uh, the, the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal enters the Chesapeake Bay uh, via what's called the Elk River. And as soon as you come into the Elk River, you can find an anchorage. Uh, and there's anchorages all the way on both shores all the way along the Chesapeake Bay. So, you know, if a, if a storm's blowing in or a thunderstorm's coming and, and you want to stop for the night or you want to hide from a storm, it's really, really easy. 
Uh, and that's one of the great things that I personally love about sailing on a Chesapeake. Uh, there's just so many places to explore if you like doing that kind of stuff. And, and you can be the only boat in these anchorages uh, for a couple days if, if, if you want to be the, if you like that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, on both of our trips, uh, particularly on the one coming down from uh, Nova Scotia, we, we did a couple of anchorages because the weather wasn't great when we left Chesapeake City on the way to Baltimore, and we actually stopped in two different places on the way down and kind of got out of some bad weather and spent the night there. And it was just fun exploring these little sort of tidal marshes and walking around on, on land and exploring things like that. So Chesapeake Bay is great. Uh, lots of places to, to stop and look. I, I will say in July and August, it can be kind of hot and muggy and not a lot of wind, but it's pretty darn good. So yeah, it was pretty nice. And Chesapeake City. Yeah, Chesapeake City. Again, you know, a lot of little restaurants uh, that are just exactly what you would expect in a small little town, right? And you can walk around town and people are friendly. And, you know, you stand out like a sore thumb because you're not wearing, nor I'll describe it, you're not wearing the clothes that normal people walking around town wear, right? Because you're sort of in your sailing garb. So they know you're, you know, you're sailing through or, or motoring through. Uh, but they're real friendly. The people in the restaurant were really nice. Uh, it's just kind of a cool place. And it kind of, with its bohemian roots, right, there's a, a pretty good artist community there. Uh, which, you know, and, and they're selling various different, you know, of their, of their things that they make um, in various little stores and boutiques and stuff. So that was kind of fun exploring that as well. Nice place. That's cool. Yeah, these little towns get a good uh, cup of cla- crab, crab chowder or some, some fish or something like that, I'm sure, right? And good seafood and the whole nine yards, huh? Oh, yeah. I had some wonderful crab crab cakes and soft shell crab uh when we were there both times I, I chesapeake bay is known for that it's you know known for its crabs and uh yeah and so they're they're one of my favorites they're it was quite nice and they're doing lots of oystering there now too they regenerated all those historical a lot of the historical oyster beds i've been reading which is fascinating yeah a lot of that industry is coming back you know yeah. as we as we it, it took us a while but we figured out that dump and stuff into the water is a bad thing so we stopped dumping stuff into the water and uh lo and behold the nature takes care of itself although sometimes a bit slowly uh and stuff comes back so that's great fascinating well great bella thanks what do you think we wrap it up sounds good to me mike yeah so a i'm really glad you got your shower drain pump fixed i think uh, probably everybody's happy about that in your world um b this is just a really interesting description of uh, the Delaware Canal in Chesapeake City, which sounds like a really uh, fantastic place to stop on the way south. So, uh, listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we hope you found the conversation that Bella and I had interesting and thought-provoking. As always, if you have questions about what we've discussed today or have ideas on what you want us to talk about in the future, please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, all one word, at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, hit that follow button on your podcasting app. And hey, also tell a friend. Maybe they'll enjoy it as well. You know, this summer, uh, we'll be spending uh, sailing around Narragansett Bay, Long Island Sound, and Buzzards Bay. Uh, hope to see you out in the water. Its uh, name of the boat is Paradox. Uh, I'd love to run into you in some time and chit-chat. 
So until next time, signing off from upstate New York. See you soon. Thanks, Bailan, from over here in Münster, Germany. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you.